Hello, you wonderful woman. Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, one of the UK's most successful love coaches, according to the Times Magazine, and author of the book, Love is Coming. It's my mission through this podcast to help single women, specifically female leaders, get powerful, soul-expanding relationships that revolutionize your growth, impact, and happiness during your time on planet Earth. Let's get straight to it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm very excited to be interviewing Dr. Aditi Paul today on the show. So Dr. Aditi Paul is a researcher, professor and author who examines the impact of tech on personal relationships, specifically in the context of dating and romance. So this is really a very different kind of conversation I'm expecting already from anything we've had on um, the Lovers Coming podcast before. So Welcome, Dr. Aditi. How are you today? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much, Persia, for having me. You checked how to pronounce my name. I never checked how to pronounce yours. Uh, so I'm, is that, is it Persia? Good, yep, good that's enough. Perfect. Okay, that's perfect. All right. I mean, lovely, lovely to be here. And uh, believe it or not, this is my first UK podcast. So I'm very, very excited about this. Aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky to have you on? Right. Okay. So I'm very intrigued by the title of your book, your new book, The Current Collegiate Hookup Culture. So what it immediately made me think of was when I was at university, I was certainly hooking up all over the place, regardless of whether or not I had a boyfriend at the time. And this was, you know, this was pre-dating apps, pre-dating apps. And I, back then I got myself in some really dodgy situations. I was very, very lost little soul. And I kind of dread to think how I would be now if I'd had had dating apps, if I'd had access to dating apps and like the sort of ease and the transactional nature and the speed with which um, dating apps enabled you enable you to connect and hook up with people. So firstly, yeah, I'm I'm interested to know what was it that made you want to study this topic in your book? Yeah. Um, before we started recording this conversation, I asked you what made you decide to start a podcast, and you said 2020. Really, <laughs> the same answer. <laughs> I my book was 2020. Honestly, because uh, just like you, I was at home, and uh, I was I was reading a whole bunch of research articles as well as books. Now, one of the books, it's it's so serendipitous. I, I it's it's just so weird to think about that. So this is before, like just before the pandemic was hitting. Um, I was reading some research on um, putting a book proposal together and my book proposal was supposed to be on just online dating um, and it got brutally rejected by one of the editors. Uh, she sent it out for a review and the reviewer said, while I don't have any doubts that Dr. Paul can conduct a literature review, the book that she is proposing to write does not give any original content. And I was just so hurt. <laughs> so I was looking at ways in which I could add to the conversation of online dating and believe it or not, the day that um, universities shut down, that day I was at the library and I was just hovering around the library aisle and I chanced upon this book called American Hookup, The New Culture of Sex on Campus. And I just picked it up because I had heard the term hookup being thrown around when I was doing my research on Tinder and I wanted to do a deep dive. I'm like, what, what is a hookup? What are these new kids talking about? And that's the last book that I ever picked up before the library shut down for one and a half years. And that book 
really sparked my interest in this area when I saw that the authors or the conversation in the hookup space was was very reminiscent of what you just told told me about or i mean i i hope that i'm not dating myself by taking this reference or the fact that the book just reminded me of hookups that i saw in american pie <laughs> um yeah. and all the very sorority and fraternity based movies or even high school movies but then it struck me that wait a minute where is the conversation around tinder why are we not talking about tinder in this hookup space and just like you i was also curious that how are tinder hookups different than those drunken nights that we have had in our college days how does this new technology impact this already existing culture of laser fair sex that we have on college campuses and that kind of led me to this book and uh one thing led to the other uh and the more questions i asked the more uh opportunities i got to to investigate what gen z is up to mm so can i just confirm because i get very confused by all the different generations i was forget what 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 am i in i'm am i gen z no are you in the I'm 36. You're 36. So, so you're 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 still you're still millennial. We are hold, we're just holding on to that little smidgen of youth at this point. Exactly. <laughs> we're just like literally holding on. I'm like, okay, when did we go from raging to retinol? Who knows. <laughs> but, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. It's very real. Okay, so but anyway, sorry, my um my emails have decided just to all go off now for anyone can hear that beeping. That's what they are. I don't know how to turn that off, but never mind. So, okay. I was trying to also think the term hookup is that an American term? Because I feel like we say it over here in the UK, but I don't know where it, if it if it we sort of got it from the Americans. Listen, America will claim ownership any day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's just we are the land of discovery and and we'll just take ownership uh but <laughs> I should I should say that hookup uh I I I want to say it 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 just uh, originated in college campuses because um when I was doing my research on you know hookups because I was entering the conversation on hookups so I I wanted to know what the conversation has been mm-hmm. um so I looked into literature and I found that the first official paper which talked about hookups was in the year 2000 and the research that they had done was in American college campuses so just based on that I can tell you where this this word came from but if you are confused that aditi what what even is a hookup you're not the only person who's confused because like if i ask you since you said that it's also used in the uk how 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 do people in the uk use it and is there any generational differences in the way people use hookup in the uk yeah i actually was going to ask that as well i can't did i i don't know if this it is really sad that this is what life has come to i was like i don't know if i had a conversation with someone about this the other day or i watched this on tv yeah it's one and the same <laughs> it's now it's a blur it's a blur but um we were talking about like the difference but like do you see hookup as just kissing someone or maybe a bit more or is it having sex mm-hmm. and i if i if someone said oh yeah i hooked up with him i would take that to mean they had sex with that person yeah but, and i think that's a that's a very generational thing by the way like mm-hmm. i if somebody told me and and this is exactly the conversation that i had with another friend another fellow uh millennial and she said listen if i told somebody i hooked up with someone 
I I mean I had sex, but I was so I was so amazed by the way Gen Z is using hookups because I asked students that okay the definition of hookups is this based on this hookup based on this definition tell me how many students you have or how many people you've hooked up with your entire life and what did you do during your last hookup and a majority of students said that they made out during hookup but they still called it a hookup and i'm like okay this is this is kind of interesting and more women were likely to call making out hookups uh rather than than males so uh, hookups are used as an umbrella term and it honestly depends on the audience who you're talking to so i was a researcher and anonymous one at that so if you're talking to a researcher then you are more likely uh to blunt out the the explicit details mm-hmm. versus if you're talking to your friends you're talking about everything you're talking about girth you're talking about his technique you're talking about all the explicit details but i was just amazed to see that gen z tends to talk about making out as a as a hookup scenario as in having sex they as in just kissing so 40 i think uh, i'm i'm forgetting the percentages so uh, a majority of students who just made out uh during their last hookup called it a hookup 12% of students had oral sex called it a hookup and 40 plus percentage of students who had sex called it a hookup so it varies uh, but you know more... what it bloody means <laughs> what it means and sometimes it's just a self preservation strategy especially for women you know yeah. because we are I mean whether you doomed if you do doomed if you don't right so if you are if you are sexually permissive then you are a whore but if you are sexually reserved then you are prude so what do we do we we find out a safe way to express our sexuality so to a prude person if we say we made out he or she or they might be thinking okay so she just like sorry if, if she hooked up they might be thinking that okay so she just maybe made out and to a sexually permissive person when we say we hooked up we again leave it to their imagination and if they think that we had sex so be it i'm not going to divulge that's very true it's a really good sort of diversion tactic isn't it just sort of it is. general general okay so uh i do you know what i haven't thought of before and i don't know if this has anything to do with it or it's just my filthy mind but like hook up if you think of a hook like you think of being hooked into something mm. is that got anything to do with it or is that just a coincidence oh man oh that's a really good new chapter for your book it's a, it's a new <laughs> chapter what what is the hook in hook up <laughs> um you know i would i would you know what when you're thinking about it that way because i i know your podcast is love is coming and uh and i do want to talk about love and the role that it plays in in these casual sexual scenarios if you think of hookup as the first phase of a relationship then it makes a whole bunch of sense and that's exactly what students are are using it as um i'll just read out one excerpt that i had from the student's sexual um you know script when i asked them Hey, what did you do during your first hookup? So this person said, "We had been talking for a while. After we had exchanged Snapchats, we would talk to on we we would talk 
on there, send pictures and video call on Skype. We both admitted our feelings for each other. Then we decided we wanted to go on a date. We decided upon a location that worked for both of us. Then she picked me up and we drove there and had a date. So <laughs> that's how young kids are going on a date. So a hookup becomes you're hooking on to this person for now, conditions apply. And if they keep on, um, keep their romantic interest or sexual interest toward you, then you take it on to a date. So the hookup could be that, a hook toward a potential relationship, but you can also unhook it much faster uh, than what you would have done if you were in a relationship or, oh my gosh, if you were even dating, that's like too much commitment or too much finality. So hookups could be that, that initial hook um, for, for a relationship. So that's just made me think of what you read there. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. I've heard it said that the generation below us are, or that, yeah, Gen Z, are, they're like way healthier. And I don't know, like for me, when like it just was so much messier than that. Like that just <laughs> sounds like a lovely romantic little tale. It just sounds very wholesome. That's right. the word I want to use. It's, it sounds very wholesome. And I'm wondering if in your research you found that sort of, I don't know if you spoke to, yeah, Gen Gen Y versus, or, you know, even older generations versus that generation. Like, mm-hmm. I just think of like the older generations, it's like a lot of smoking and drugs and booze, and it was all a bit messier. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is, this is great because I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what I I didn't, I didn't do a generational analysis, but uh, I did read books before. So there are these great books. If you, if it ever tickles your fancy, Um, you can read this, this book called Unhooked, which was a book on hookups in the year 2006. And then also, like I said, American hookup, the new culture of sex on campus. Um, And the authors over there discuss hookups the way me and you, we understand hookups. That is messy, messy, messy. It's got a whole bunch of alcohol. So this person, this this researcher, Lisa Wade, she boils down hookups into a five-step process. So she talks about you grind, uh, you have some alcohol, um, and then you, um, you know, look at this person. And if you vibe with this person, then you go to a, like, you know, to a private location and you hook up with them. And after that night, you establish meaninglessness that you're like completely cold to this person. And that's exactly how we think about hookups. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get fucking drunk. <laughs> Can I use the F word on you? Oh my God. I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to get like drunk out of our asses and then we're just going to smoke some dube and I'm going to hook up with this person. I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life, have a walk of shame. And then like, I don't even know you who you are. And Gen, Gen Z, I don't know if they're like, if, if they are, um, chilled out I mean if they are safe but they are pretty chilled out like they are they don't need alcohol to to hook up and a, a possible reason for that is for now all the conversations that we've heard we've only thought about hookups in the context of parties but we just don't meet people at parties we meet people in school we meet people at work we are meeting people through dating apps and it does not always have to be a drunken haze and guess what it's not um so yeah does it mean that those drunken hookups don't happen absolutely they do happen um but yeah gen z is more aware in that they do practice safe sex and they understand the meaning of consent because i mean gen z wants to take up the 
the the credit for that, but I also got to give it up to our generation and the generation before us because we are putting the good fight. We, yeah. my my mom brought things to my consciousness that if not for her, I wouldn't have known, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we are bringing things to their consciousness. So for example, boundary setting. For example, knowing how to ask and give consent and what does not look like consent and and identifying what's a wrong sexual move so those are those are conversations that are carried down from one generation to the other so yeah are they reaping the benefits of the work that we have done fuck yeah but uh, it doesn't mean that they're more evolved than us they do have those drunken nights but now the the conversation is expanding in that we are recognizing that hookups don't have to be meaningless. They can be meaningful. And the meaningfulness does not come from the promise that it's going to turn into a relationship. It can just be meaningful in the moment that you're having fun, ha- just hanging out with this person, watching Netflix, Netflix and chilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you really don't need liquid courage in the form of alcohol to to get into that kind of a, an interaction. I'm literally writing notes. It's so interesting. Okay, right. I'm interested to know as well, what what for you was the most surprising thing you learned from your research for this book? You know, it's just the fact that they, the fact that they are hooking up, but they're low-key kind of dating is just that they don't know it. It's just that, like the the interactions that they are having with each other. Me and you, if you look at it, if somebody just tells you this, that okay, this is what they're doing. How would you define this? We would define it as the fact that they're they're dating, but they're just calling it. Oh, we're hanging out, we're hooking up. So that's that's something that surprised me. Um, so like for example, this this person, they said we spent the day on campus together, grabbing food and talking. Then we returned to our dorm and talked outside for a while. After that, we watched a movie in my room and took a nap then we hooked up they are taking full ass naps like th- i mean i don't know with each other they're so comfortable with each other right and and, and where things get blurry um, is in terms of digital boundary setting. So here's the kicker though. Like we didn't know how to set boundaries in real life. Now they have digital communication where a lot of their interactions are first happening online and then moving to an offline interaction, that jump just becomes meaningful. We didn't have that buffer. But that is where they are messing up in that, for example, let's say you meet somebody on a dating app. So I know you're getting married. Are you getting married? I just... Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, right. (laughs) She's like, like, whose wedding is she planning? Is she planning her best friend's wedding? (laughs) Um, So uh, if if you don't mind me asking, how'd you meet your partner? Well, funny enough, I met him in the middle of a rave (laughs) at a festival. Go. (laughs) Yeah. 2015. No no phones worked there. So it was just about in real life, hooking up there you go. <laughs> see there it is it started casual right mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like think of it in terms of a reality tv show mm-hmm. actually you know what can i can i do this scratch that scratch the reality tv show i'll i'll quote a tiktok um because that's where i'm getting all my information from nowadays so this person he said <laughs> nowadays what is even dating just know that when you're dating somebody you're not the only one we can just hope you're the favorite one and i'm like that is so accurate and that's what the online dating landscape looks like that is if you are in an online dating landscape you are right swiping 
like crazy, right? Um, and if you're right swiping, then you, like one, it's 0.001% of your right swipes will turn into a conversation. So when you're conversing with somebody, the next step is adding them on Snapchat, adding them on Instagram, you know, feeling out their vibe, as the young kids would say. And then you see if you want to, you know, fuck with them, mm-hmm. literally and, and, and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do add them on Snapchat, sometimes those interactions just die out there. So what do you have? You have a bunch of has-beens, could-bees mm-hmm. in your Insta-scene story that they're watching your story. They're probably sending you just like tiny little likes out there. Mm-hmm. And you're wondering, is this going to be be something like is this guy or girl still interested in me so you get into this very nebulous area of what people call orbiting so they are in your orbit but they are not resulting into anything it just takes up mental space and it compromises your boundaries where you're giving all this attention to people and then you get frustrated and then you just dump it all out on online dating doesn't work so that's Mm -hmm, something that i would caution gen z as i'm like yeah you want to add them if it's not going anywhere instead of hoping that it's going to materialize into something cut the cord or if you do want that to materialize just bite the bullet and ask them at least you'll know i mean who wants to keep guessing for the rest of your lives it's this very non-committal thing that's what's going on isn't it because there are so many options yeah and and it's like and we're cheapening ourselves, you know? Yeah. It's it's almost the, the fast fashion mentality in dating where I'd rather have 10 cheap ornaments and, I, and, and cheap not in the quality of the ornaments, but like 10 cheap connections where it's not deep, it's not meaningful, but I soothe myself thinking, ooh, at least I have people who croon over me, like send mm-hmm. one like, keep me hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a minute or two, give me that like, you know, one of serotonin rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it worth it uh, in the long run? Who knows? Mm. Yes. I love that. I think that's so interesting. I love the, the comparison to fast fashion. It's so true. I've never heard it said like that. I love that. Um, okay, right. Now we're getting spicy. <laughs> Sugaring. Talk to me. Sounds filthy. <laughs> I love it. It's like sugar and spice. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, what a time to be alive. Um, Sugaring is something that I found out in an introductory class that I was teaching. So I had this student who would come to class and she would be decked the fuck up. And I'm like, we're talking Balenciaga. We're talking like Gucci. And I may or may not have stalked her on Instagram. Like, what is this girl doing? And I'm like, and how am I her teacher and and living on one tenth of this? Um, And she was very brazen about it. She came to class and she said, listen, I'm a first generation college student, which means that she's the first one who's going to college from her family, did not have her parents support. She wanted to move to New York. So she took up sugar dating and she pays her own bills and she looks at it as a, as a, in, in the sense of empowerment. So sugar dating is, is nothing but compensated dating. And it, it really has been slandered and it has um, earned its reputation or it gets muddled with uh, prostitution. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Sugar dating apps have done a fantastic job in skirting those rules and maneuvering around them. But essentially, um, it is sex work. But just like any other sex work, it does not have to be having sex. It can be sexual. So if you have a sugar daddy and if you are in a relationship with a sugar daddy or a sugar mama, um, there is something sexual that you need to do. So that sexual thing can be sending a picture of your feet, um, can be just holding hands with them, can be sexting with them, and this sexting could just be verbal without any pictures, or it could be having sex with them. But you decide and your sugar daddy or your sugar mama will decide what those agreements are. And traditionally speaking, when we think about sugar dating or sugar baby, if I have to, if I ask you, like Persia, without, without knowing how sugar dating works, if I have to ask you, describe a typical sugar baby to me. What does a sugar baby look like? How old are they? What's their body type? Talk to me. What my assumption would be. Your assumption of a sugar baby, yeah. I would think... Oh God, I feel really bad saying this, but I would just, in my head, I think young, maybe a bit dumb, um, loves fashion, like cares a lot about how they look, not really interested in working or studying. Yeah. Um, bit of a bimbo. That's probably yeah. what, that's what I would assume. Are you, so are in your, in your head, in terms of her physical characteristics, are you thinking she is, it's a she? Yeah. In my head, I'm thinking it's a she. Yeah. And yeah, good, really good looking. Good looking. Right. And, and because, um, you know, uh, American college campuses predominantly are, are white dominant. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about an 18 year old, young, petite, white, yes. blonde yes. girl, right? Yeah. That's what we yeah. are thinking. That's not the case. It's a gay guy. <laughs> um, it's you have you have the sugar babies that you're thinking are sugar babies. Yeah. And you have young gay men, bisexual men who are sugar babies, too. And they become sugar babies to closeted older men. They become sugar babies to older women. Uh, straight guys, too, are sugar babies because, you know, there are a lot of, I mean, thanks to women empowerment, we are making a lot of money and we have disposable income. <laughs> so we want a sugar candy, you know, uh, you know, an arm candy and, and a sugar baby becomes that. So sugar babying is become more democratic in that process. And they're making a whole bunch of money, a monthly income of a sugar baby can a median income is $1,500. Now, here's the thing, though, like if you go to any of these websites, and I implore you, please, and your listeners to please just go sugar dating websites, you would love the way they market themselves. They're like, you're an adult. Yeah, just look up, look up one. And uh, there is one which is seeking arrangement. It just goes by seeking. Seeking. Yeah, just seeking. Just say seeking sugar dating. Seeking, just seeking.com. Yeah, I think so. God, honestly, if I was single. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I guess you don't. Interesting. Ooh. Oh, it's very sexy, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it sexy? And what does it say? Like, uh, just read out the captions. Start dating up. Seeking is the luxury dating site for successful and attractive singles. Elevating your experience is the foundation of seeking where you will discover the connections, passions, and expectations you desire every step of the way. 
doesn't really say anything about age. It says best site for luxury dating, honest and proud okay. relationships. I mean, you ha- you have to love their branding. They're like, okay, oh this is a dating site where you can upscale your life. Like, you just yeah. enjoy the finer things. So you you determine like your worth so if you are a an, a um a rich man or a rich woman and if you want to spend your money this way spend it and if you are an empowered woman or a or a new gen man and if you want your companionship to look like this and scale up do sugaring so like just the branding is amazing but at the end of the day it is compensated dating um and when you ask people, okay, why do you think sugar babies do sugaring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the main points they'll say is like, oh my gosh, college is so expensive. They're probably paying off their loans. And that's mm-hmm. not the case. Their loans are either paid off by the government, the bank, uh, or their parents. So it's they, 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 they pay off their tuition by either of these three sources. Where they do use their sugar dating money is for discretionary income. So the finer things in life, just go on a go like buy Balenciagas and um, front on Instagram, right? So build their uh-huh. brand. I mean, yeah, that's... It's, uh... <laughs> it's so interesting here because it's like you can pick, it says like you either pick I am attractive or mm-hmm. I am successful. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so interesting. This is yeah. like a whole world that I did not really know about. It's its very interesting. I even went one, went one step further and I downloaded the app. <laughs> and one of the questions that they ask you, if you are a sugar daddy or a sugar mama, is your income level. And oh. the income level starts at like a million. <laughs> uh, I don't know how, I mean, are they checking your tax documents? Like, how do they know if people are yeah. not bluffing? So... Yeah. Possibly, you know, but you know what? Sex, sex work, just like sex work, sugar dating starts very, very similarly to sex work. That is, a friend is doing it and they have good things to say, so you do it. It starts such a, as a joke, but it can go to uh, a very serious route. Um, I mean, you know, word of advice is do it if it if it serves your need, uh, but also be very, very cautious and aware because there's such a huge power dynamic yeah. uh, that's working over here. The the older millennial in us is a little shocked, not going to lie. Um, and we're at a very weird age. We're too young to be a sugar daddy or too old to be a sugar baby. So yeah. <laughs> we are we are the clientele who who's literally by as like observing this as a bystander. Yeah. Um, and that's what that's what I would say that you do it, um, but with caution. Just you know, be, be safe is all I'm saying. I have to say, it does remind me, I don't know if you know this about me, Aditi, but I, when I was in very sort of bad place in myself in my mid-20s, I started working as a hostess in a strip club, like firstly a very upmarket uh-huh. one in Mayfair mm-hmm. in London. Mm-hmm. And I did really well because I didn't do any of the stripping. I just I just had the chat. And it was funny how many... Um, there was like a lot of men would have this rescuing complex because I could sit and talk to, you know, I just, I'd literally just finished my master's in European classical acting. And I would be talking about Shakespeare, you know, all of these things that I almost sort of hid behind a bit and they'd want to rescue me. You know, what is a lovely girl like you doing here? I want to take you away. And, you know, there was that, there was that sense of like, I've got the money to get you out of here. I mean, I did, you know, I was there to get money, but I I was, I was, I wasn't on the breadline. I was just, 
it was really, I was acting out, you know? So it has made me think, God, I probably would have had a good old go at that sugaring back in the day if I'd known about it. I know. Oh my gosh. And, and yeah, the savior mentality, right? Like, mm. um, and the, I mean, talk about daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, uh, <laughs> this is going to give you some. Um, yeah. I, I mean, this is such a rich experience that, yeah, like, you know, these sugar daddies more than like, oh, I mean, we're getting into like Freudian fuckery right now, right? Like it's, I mean, the father is there and then the sexual dynamic with the girl child. It's, it's so muddy. It's so mm. messy. But it's so entertaining to watch. So um, I am so glad that you combined your experience, um, you know, and, and you see parallels with this. So yes. if you were to give some advice to, to sugar babies, what would that be? For me, I'm going to be really honest. I, and I can only speak from my experience, which reminds me of this. I find it a slippery slope to go down because of exactly what you said, the power dynamic, which which my experience of that was it can be really fun until it's not. Mm-hmm. And it depends who you who it is you're with. Like I have met some men who are billionaires and lovely. And I've met some who were, it, you know, the power thing was so big for them and I did not feel safe. And I don't know. I, I exactly what you would say. Like, I, there's no judgment. Like, I've done a lot of stuff in my life, so I don't judge anyone. I completely understand. Like, that the world is very different now, and you know, every things like this don't seem like a big deal like they once would have done. But just be careful and mm-hmm. and look to your reason for doing it. Because if I was honest with myself, my reason was I was running away and I was very very lost and. I was rebelling and I it was not coming from a place of empowerment. And so I think that's really important is to be really honest with yourself yeah. while you're doing this. Yeah. Mm. <coughs> I'm so sorry. Oh no God. worries. Yeah. Okay, so we edit it out. <laughs> no, don't worry. We got we just oh. keep it right. It's all good. It's all good. I cough all the time of like not COVID, guys, not COVID. So <laughs> so we are slowly starting to wrap up. I could talk about this all day. It's so fascinating. But you did mention earlier love. Mm-hmm. And given that we're our show is called Love is Coming, mm-hmm. um, what have been your findings around the the hookup culture and love? <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> I'm like, please edit this out because nobody <laughs> wants to hear, nobody wants to hear the whooping cuff. Um yeah my my findings about um love there was this one um you know the conversation around hookups has always been restricted emotions under constraint right so the assumption has always been that listen we are wired for connection um we can front all we want that oh we're going to keep it casual uh especially for women like you know the the x brain is very different than the y brain so once we have sex women as women we are doomed like we are emotionally connected with this person you're just lying if you say or you're under delusion if you say that you don't have anything romantic to do with this person mm-hmm. so casual sense sex in conclusion, then um, doesn't exist. Somebody's pretending. Mm-hmm. And not all of it is a lie, <laughs> is all I'm going to say. Not all of it is a lie. And I know this because um, I asked these students, um, were you romantically interested toward this person? How romantically interested were you 
toward this person and they had to answer between not at all interested to very interested and how inclined were you to hook up with this person again not at all interested to very interested over 70% students said that they were romantically interested and they wanted to hook up with this person again if it was the first time and the only time that they hooked up so there's some romance involved in there now does it mean that you want to turn it into a relationship just because you're romantically interested in that person who's to say i didn't measure it but let's not take romantic inclination as our desire to commit we are romantically interested with a lot of people like you know i mean even if you're in a relationship you you look at a guy who's really handsome or a girl who's really beautiful and you're like you're going to you're going to think about it right and in today's day and age where boundaries of a relationship are always in flux for example i just learned about this term called unicorn in a relationship do you know what a unicorn I've is i've heard of it but i can't remember what it is when you literally have a third person in your relationship oh that's it and i'm like jesus fucking christ like i mean a thruple is a thing now yeah so i mean yeah i was romantically interested toward my unicorn but do i want to have like that traditional exclusive relationship with them or do i want to share them with my already existing partner mm-hmm. so in in that way i would i would ask ourselves to like to not think that okay hookups need to turn into a relationship just because you're romantically interested with this person you can be romantically interested like you know out of all the casual sexual encounters that you've had don't you think back and I'm like oh I wonder what it would be if I just like stuck on to that person you know mm-hmm. we all have these conversations but would we actually want to go into a relationship with that person or would that person actually want to go into a relationship with that version of me fuck no mm-hmm. i hope they don't so but the mind wanders um so in that sense i would say that hookups are not bereft of romance and we don't need to make it bereft of the romance you can have beautiful sex um if you are like passionate about each other in the moment rather than psyching yourself into thinking that i'm just going to get an orgasm i'm going to jerk myself off and be done with this bitch like that we don't need to do that just enjoy the moment and if it doesn't result in anything have your ego in check so much that you can move out of it without being distraught mm-hmm. i love that and that's uh yeah i wish i could have i wish i could have had that advice back when uh when i was a lot younger and actually with that said i have uh, questions that i ask at the end of every podcast um and i'm interested to see what your responses to these are going to be let's see All so right. you know what i also wanted i also want to tell your audience that yeah. i'm giving all these like sage advice i wish i took my own uh <laughs> <I will>. <laughs> <laughs> so please don't think that i am all sorted i've we all have moments where we mess up right and 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 we wish our ideal selves show up in those moments we try but it's okay it's okay if they don't it's completely yeah. fine absolutely yeah. we are but human yeah Okay, so given all the research you've done for this book and just just your research in your in your career in general, what love life advice would you give to your 15-year-old self today? I wish I wish <laughs> my 15-year-old self would practice falling in love more. 
um, because I was not given that room uh, because it was either studies or love for me uh, or and relationships have always been looked at as a distraction, mm-hmm. uh, at least in the culture that I grew up. And that just that that um, delayed my maturity in figuring out how to love, how to set boundaries. So I, I wish my 15-year-old self would be more open to the idea of love and, and not see it as a distraction from her grade A certificates that she collected. Mm. Oh, I feel like that's a whole other podcast episode. That's super interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's one thing you don't want people to know about you? <laughs> How is this even a question? Come on, Persia. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love this question. People oh come it, on! Oh, oh, what what do I not want people to know about me? That that you know, despite the sage advice that I give, <laughs> I am a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love the honesty. Okay, before <laughs> our very final question, where can people find out more about your work? Yes, um, please, please link up with me on Instagram. My handle on Instagram and Twitter are I am Aditi Paul. Uh, if you want to keep it professional and if you want to see the professional side of me, my LinkedIn is Dr. Aditi Paul. My website is draditipaul.com. Please, any any means, uh, get in touch. I would love to continue uh, the conversation with you. If you like something that you heard, please let me know. If you don't agree with me on something that you heard, let me know even more so we can have a rich conversation from there. I love that. We will link those for you in the show notes. Okay, so final question. What would the number one piece of advice, hot mess that you are in reality? At least I'm hot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally kidding. (laughs) Number one piece of advice for any single woman who is thriving in her career right now, but she's struggling in her love life. What would you say to her? So you mean to say, what would I say to myself? Everything has its time, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, I, I, I've really, I've, and this is, this is something that is a little, uh, that is on the spiritual side of things. I read this book called The Surrender Experiment um, by Michael Singer. And uh, he talks about, you know, the universe, or if you look at nature, right? I mean, you live in the UK, I live in New Jersey. We see the seasons change and we see plants lose their, uh, you know, uh, leaves and then grow back, the, grow back into these luscious green trees that they are. Did they have to manifest the greenness? I don't think so. It just happened because nature nature is so abundant. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to like force things into existence uh, to just have that trust and the discernment to go with the flow of the universe and trust its timing. It's had your back so far. It's going to have your back later on too. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful way to end. And funnily enough, I have these um, necklaces. I did a collaboration with a jewelry, a beautiful jewelry brand. And my one, for that exact reason, says surrender on it. Oh, <laughs> right now. Can it's you imagine? Perfect. Isn't that goosebumps? Really goosebumps. I love it. Mm. I'm so glad that I met a, another surrendering soul. Mm. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Aditi. This has been really, really powerful, really unique, a really unique conversation. We haven't had one on this um, show like it before. Oh. So I'm really excited to hear everyone's responses. Please let me and Dr. Aditi know over on Instagram. Bye. 
And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope this episode served you and gave some practical insights and strategies around the next steps in transforming your love life from the inside out. Do come and let me know over on Instagram what resonated for you the most and why. I am at Persia Lawson. And if you want more tips and tools on how to become a vibrational match for the powerful, committed relationship that you deserve, check out my book, Love is Coming, as well as my programs and coaching containers over at persialawson.com. This website is also linked in this episode's show notes. And if you got value from this episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd like, subscribe, share, and or leave a quick review. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other women who want or need the support. And to have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. Until next time, I want you to remember that love is coming for you. But in the meantime, it's your responsibility to stop looking outside of yourself for the partner you want to get and start looking inside of yourself for the partner you want to be.